Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Chris from Fourth Shift Fitness, and this morning—well, yeah, this morning—doing a morning one because uh, Katie always gets up. Well, she usually gets up in conjunction with the baby, so she'll get up around four-ish with uh, Sawyer, and then she'll stay up and usually go work out or just kind of hang out and do nothing. And I got to work today, so I said I'd join her in getting up, and then she went back upstairs to do laundry stuff and read her book. But I'm up, and we're doing the podcast episode. I'm going to try a morning thing. I used to like getting up in the morning and getting stuff out of the way, and then I got tired, so I stopped doing that, and I started doing stuff later at night, but then I got tired at night, so maybe I'm starting to do stuff in the morning now. It seems to kind of feed itself. Anyways, going to do a short episode today on why I think I'm pretty much done with the whoop strap. Um, if you liked last week's episode with Katie on, that's coming back. I think she's going to be more of a regular presence on here if you like that so I hope you did and then I'm I have one or two other ideas for more of a regular presence also that are in the works um so it won't just be me all the time don't worry I'll also start still keep interviewing people which would be cool uh but you want to just listen to me ramble on to myself it'll be more of a conversation which would be very nice for me to uh to have it's much easier to flow a conversation than to sit here and drink coffee and talk to nobody so lonely anyways talking about the whoop strap and why I'm pretty much done with it I think because I've used it for over a year now and I got it uh obviously before COVID I got it as just a fitness thing I thought it'd be cool and I talked about it in one of the early episodes that my foreign fire tax for the fire department or the two percent fund uh pays for it because we have a rule that uh the foreign fire tax will pay for fitness memberships like to the Y or to Lifetime or to whatever personal training gym you want and then we open it up to subscriptions. So, like, if you bought a Peloton bike, Foreign Fire Tax would pay for the subscription to that, so you could use it. And then we open it up. So, they're, all, they're really only the rule. Really, the only rule is I need more coffee, I guess. Really, the only rule is that they can't buy physical goods for you. So they can't buy you a set of dumbbells. They can't buy you a treadmill, uh, because the threat is that in the future you get tired of it and then you sell it then where does that money go? Do you have to give that money back to foreign fire tax or is that your money? Because technically they bought it for you so you can't make a profit off of something they bought for you. The whoop was an interesting little um, loophole in that because it's not a watch. It's not, uh, it doesn't do anything besides report data to an app and you need the subscription to access that data. So without the subscription, it's not like you have a free watch or something like that. You just have a, a weird plastic thing on an elastic strap. Um, certainly a statement piece for some people, but not really useful. So it was a weird loophole. I got it. I've been doing the month to month now for over a year and I liked it a lot, man. I liked the feedback it gave me. I, it confirmed a lot of things for me. Uh, it dispelled a few things, which I also appreciated. That was actually more useful for me in a lot of circumstances. 
I used it through COVID when I got sick. Uh, that was very interesting to see. And it actually helped out a lot because I could start to see when I began to recover from that because about uh, probably about a year ago at this point, they added a respiration count into their tracking metrics. So what they would tell you is about how many breaths you were taking, I think per minute. And then they would trend that uh, up and down, you know, and you get basically a, a green arrow of it going up or a red of it going down or whatever, showing that your respirations are increasing or decreasing. They found that obviously COVID being a primarily respiratory uh, affecting virus, that your respiratory rate would rise almost before your temperature kicked in, almost before you had a fever, you would start to react by your temp or your respiratory rate rising. Uh, and that happened. That happened. My sleep got worse. My recovery got worse. And then as I kind of came out the other side of it, um, respiration started to go down per minute from like 16 down to, to 14, down to 13, down to 12, and then around 10 somewhere where they, I think around t 10 or 12, they usually sit. I'm fogging the numbers because to be truthful, I haven't worn my whoop in probably about a month. And I think that's how I know I'm over it is because I don't miss it. Like I used to, um, it would be part of the routine. Like at night I might put on the wrist strap to sleep and at daytime, put it back on the bicep strap and then change it out to go to work and then charge it on my off day. Uh, if I needed it and then I carry my charger, it was a whole thing. And then I stopped using it a few times. I stopped using it uh, when we had Sawyer just cause it was another thing to keep track of. And I didn't, didn't, uh, I knew I wasn't going to be sleeping. I didn't need to map it out. And then I started using it again. And then I stopped using it. And like I said, I just haven't missed it. I haven't gone back to it. Um, and so I think I'm pretty much done with it because that's how you know, right? Just like any exercise program or, or anything you're enrolled in or trying to do or involved with that isn't an absolute necessity that you have to get done. If you don't miss it when it's not there, it's probably not something you're going to keep doing. So the things I liked about it, I did like a few things about it. I did like how I could wear it on my arm, my bicep, instead of my wrist. And it was out of the way, and it was relatively not bulky at all. And uh, that's compared to like the Apple Watch. And it's not distracting because there's nothing to look at on it. That was really good because I get distracted pretty easily. Um, now on the downside... I, I did like wearing on my wrist, but I also like wearing watches. So I look like kind of a freak show walking around with a elastic strap on one side and then the same ish size strap with a watch on the other side. Um, not the statement I'm going for, but statement nonetheless. And I also liked how accurate it was with sleep. Maybe not the cycles of sleep, which is important. You got to be accurate with that stuff. But specifically, it, it was very good at tracking when you went to sleep and when you woke up. I almost never maybe one time in a year and a half plotted my own sleep points where like I told it when I went to bed and I told it when I waked when I woke up otherwise I just let it do auto tracking it I just kept it on and then it recognized when I fell asleep and when I woke up this was uh, particularly notable when I was at work and I was getting up several times a night uh, and I never like I said never auto tracked that I had to correct it a few times because it would lump in um, two or three awake periods into one uh two or three bouts of sleeping into one. No, that's what it would do. It would take two or three bouts of sleeping because I would, let's say, go to bed at 10 o'clock and then wake up at 2 and then go to bed at 3.30 and then wake up at 5. It would count the first one as sleep and then just count me awake. So it would only count sleep from 10 o'clock till 2.30 in the morning. So you had to go extend the sleep period to recognize the other one. And it kind of confused it a little bit because it's not a, a, a typical thing for it to happen to normal people is to be up 
two or three times a night for an hour to an hour and a half. Anyways, it did recognize the activity during those times, even if it didn't recognize it as being awake versus sleep, so that's an easy remedy. But the fall asleep time, the wake-up time, the times in between when you got woken up, they were surprisingly accurate. It was really, really shocking, which was very, very cool because you don't remember when you fall asleep most of the time. Uh, but to have that reflected, and I could actually go back in the call times and see when I went to sleep and when I woke up. I had a th- uh, kind of a reference to work off of for that stuff with our report times. The other thing I liked about it, um, I, I do like the groups thing on it. Like there's a four shift fitness whoop group. Um, probably keep that up. Maybe I'll hand it off to somebody else if they want to keep it. There's only a handful of people in there. Uh, but we got to see what everybody else is doing, what their recovery scores were, what their output scores were. That was fun. Um, it, it's nice to be part of that community when we were all kind of separated last year and everybody was kind of in their own, own little shell. Most of us were, but you could still kind of reach out and be like, Oh, so-and-so worked out today and they did this and they did that much of it, blah, blah, blah. That was a cool, uh, a cool feature for them to, to add in there. I also liked how it quantified different exercises differently than I thought they necessarily would be. Like when I started doing my running for run for our lives campaign, this past year, um, I was shocked to see how the running strain was often much higher than my regular workout strain because you're you're in that heart rate zone and you're sustaining it, so it keeps racking up those strain points much, much faster compared to doing like a, a typical two to three complex workout, even an interval workout where you're kind of in and out of those heart rate zones so you don't spend as much time in them, so you don't want to rack up the points necessarily. Uh, but I would do it, I could do like an hour maybe even an hour and a half workout and get a strain of like probably around 10, 10 to 11 to 12, maybe if I'm really pushing hard, you know, mixing in heavy lifting and also maybe some sprint intervals or some, some, uh, core activation work, all the stuff in between. And then go for a 45 minute run and you hit that same amount of strain because you're at the, well, me, I'm not a good runner. So I'm at the higher heart rate and just sustaining it and just knocking off that strain point. So that was cool. Um, some of the things I didn't necessarily love about it was I trusted it a little too much. And this, I kind of lost sight of one of the gold rules of paramedicine, right? It was you, you treat the patient, not the monitor. Uh, and there were times when I got a good quality of sleep for three or four hours at work. Obviously, the quantity was very low, and my recovery score would be relatively low. It might even be in the red, which is like, a, hey, take a day off or just be very, very smart about your training thing. But I would feel okay because compared to the work I did the day before and the quality of the three or four hours was pretty high, I would walk out of shift feeling okay, uh, maybe a little bit tired, but nothing like bad. But then I would look at the whoop and it would tell me, you know, the red light, like don't, don't do much today. And I would be kind of torn. And there were a few times where I followed the whoop and uh, my recovery went up the next day. So I'm like, okay, cool. That was, that was an indicator that I'm not quite as intuitive as I think. But then there were other times where I ignored it and my recovery went back up just like it did had I done nothing the next day. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can be a little bit more intuitive with this thing. It's definitely a nice indicator of what I should watch out for. And if my body jives with if my body jives with what the whoop is saying, that's for sure, right? If there's a discrepancy, you got to listen to your body first. And that's not like listen to the motivational stop it all stop at nothing, uh, proceed at all costs, no days off. Like, don't listen to that mentality, right? Listen to how your body feels compared to what the whoop's saying. If it's like a double confirmation thing, pretty reliable. 
if it's the whoop saying take a break and your body's saying like no nah, we're ready to rock and roll maybe you go with what your body feels once in a while see how that does and see how the score compares to the whoop that's what i did uh and i'd say more than half the time i i kind of bucked the whoop um i was no different the next day and i was glad that i worked out because uh especially with our shift schedule and the amount of runs we were going through last year and run volumes going up again this year. If you miss your off day working out, it means you have one day to work out before you go back to shift. And when you're on shift, there's no guarantee you'll have more, uh, you'll have enough time to work out. So you got to take advantage of your days off. And if you sacrifice one, even though you feel good, but the whoop says you shouldn't do it, that gets kind of, uh, kind of resentful in that you start resenting that little machine. Um, you know, that's telling you what to do. I can't think I beat that point enough to death though, but that's the, uh, that's my feelings on it. I would say that I treat the whoop. I tried to treat the whoop like any other tool, right? Any other macro tracking, any other, uh, meal plan, any other fitness plan where you use it to learn the basics, right? You use it to learn the fundamentals of what it's trying to teach you. And then after a while, you have to be able to take those fundamentals and those lessons and apply them on your own. The company would absolutely love if you stayed dependent on it for your eternity, right? If you never learn that drinking a bunch of booze and staying up late wrecks your recovery score, they love that because that means you keep paying them to use their product. But if you use it for more than a year and you know what makes your recovery score poor, and especially if you're a firefighter paramedic, you know you're just not getting enough sleep, like good job confirming that. Uh, and you've done the steps to make that sleep that you can get better. And really, um, besides the fashion piece of it, you know, it may not serve much of a purpose. And I think that's a point I'm at now, whereas I've learned what is confirmed. I've learned what's kind of dispelled. And I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff. I'm just kind of sitting down here at 5, five o'clock in the morning rambling with a cup of coffee. But uh, those are just the few things I, that, I, that came to mind when I was thinking about why I'm, I think I'm going to discontinue the WHOOP membership. Now, one of the things, man, I should have brought this up earlier. One of the things I did really look forward to was wearing it at work specifically uh, just to catch calls and see what my heart rate during heart rate did during calls and I did a few times I caught a few fires with it I caught a few EMS accidents with it um, and it was really cool to track out my my heart rate during that that's the only reason I might keep it uh, because if you just put it on in once every third day it doesn't give you a recovery score because it doesn't have enough data to, to build a plot for or a reference for but it will give you that kind of minute-by-minute um, minute tracking of your heart rate. So I might keep it just for being at work and throw it on at work. But I haven't decided yet because chances are the charge will run out. I'll forget about it, and then it'll just sit in my locker at work. But maybe we'll try that for a little bit. Maybe we'll try just wearing it at work, trying to catch a few calls with it on or continue to catch calls with it on so I can plot that data. And uh, I sound like a real scientist now. Plot that data and um, and see how that works. Maybe that's a, a plan for the next month or so see how that goes all right guys i'm wrapping this one up because i'm looking at the clock gotta go soon uh don't want to start rambling like i said next week we'll probably have another co-host on uh it's either gonna be katie maybe with more questions or i have a few other things in the works that uh, could be pretty cool so as always if you have any questions comments concerns whatever if you have any topics you want me to run through if you have any people you want me to talk to shoot those over uh fourth shift fitness on all social fourth shift fit at gmail.com uh, check out the YouTube page. I got a bunch of stuff up on there and you guys blew the uh, deadlifting straps and the landmine experience, landmine 
experiment video viewership out of the water with a grand total of approximately 25, which is enormous for me. Love that. Thank you so much. And keep on watching that stuff. Pass around to friends. There's like a, not a thousand. There's a couple hundred movement videos on there. Check them out. See if you like any, if you need any, or pass them to someone who does. All right, guys. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Talk to you soon. Be a four shifter.